What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Prescribing Truth. I'm Jamal Bandy. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. Yesterday, I did not be, I was not able to do the live stream, so this is recorded. Um, and so, hey, I thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time watching, please remember to hit that subscribe button if you find this helpful. You're welcome to listen through the content to see if you find it helpful. Subscribe if you find it helpful. Make sure you hit that bell so you can be notified when I have new content. Um, I also um, will feature this podcast on various uh, podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Uh, please leave a rating and a review if you listen to us on there. I really appreciate it. If you want to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com or calling in at 801-980-6333. I welcome all kind of phone calls, so please call me. I really appreciate it. Um, so, oh yeah, one, one last plug. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so by partnering with me on Patreon for only a dollar. If you got a dollar that you ain't using a month and you want to put it towards something that's going to be beneficial, please do so. Consider doing it with Scribe Truth. For only a dollar, you get a shout out. You can be part of the, um, the pre-show, the post-show, um, be a moderator when we go live, and then so on and so forth. There's different things. Just go and check it out on the website. The link is in the description. I really appreciate it. If not, I appreciate your prayers. Please continue to pray for me and this ministry that it continues to grow. All right. So um, last week, we finished off um, doing an interview with Eric Mason. And so uh, we're moving on, finally moving on. And so today, I want to talk about a particular meme. There's a meme dealing with baptism that I've seen resurface over and over again. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to address it on the podcast. And I was like, well, I, I wasn't going to address it, but I felt like it's beneficial. And I know mo mo most of the people who watch this or who are part of this community, you guys already know um, this truth concerning this meme. Um, but I fear there's some who may not. And then there may be some who watch this who would disagree with me on this. And I welcome the conversation if you disagree. The meme is concerning baptism, whether baptism saves. All right. Now, I did a video on this a long time ago now. I'm dealing with does baptism save as far as is it necessary for salvation? And so um, we're going to address this meme. I'm going to show it to you and we're going to talk about it. And we're going to actually break it down. We're going to pull up some scripture and we're going and we're going to look at what what the context is. All right. Sounds good. So. This is the meme. It says men say baptism is a work. And we aren't saved by works. Now, what I love about this already is how the one-sidedness of this me. How when, when people say that baptism is a work and we aren't saved by works, we actually use some scripture. But they don't post a scripture that we reference when we say that we're not saved by works. And, we, and why we consider baptism a work. But then they go on and they list the different kinds of works. Our own works works of the flesh, works of the law of Moses, works of obedience. Then it says, the word says, baptism is a work of God. And they give a proof text. Then it says, the convicting question, will you listen to men or God? Ooh, we now, now somebody's in a paradox. Like if you're, if you don't believe what the scripture says, that is, you know, what they're saying, it says anyway, their interpretation of it, then you're listening to men and not God, because God's word says that baptism isn't a work of men, but a work of God. The question is, does it really say that? 
and in on those different kinds of words. What is really going on? All this proof texting, our own works, works of the flesh, works of the law of Moses, works of obedience. What is this? What's the point? So, I thought it would be good to go through, take our time, and look at these proof texts. So, I really don't want to do this podcast that long, but I think it's needful just to skim through this. To see, okay, just to look at these verses, I mean, these verses that they give, and give a response to it. But the key that I want you to pay attention to is Colossians 2, because that's going to be the kicker. So, you got to wait until the end for that, or you get to skip along and, you know, and watch it. I don't want you to skip along. I want you to kind of watch as we go through this. But if you just got to, then skip along till you get to where we talk about Colossians, because that's going to be the kicker. All right. So let's look up um, the Eastward app. Let's, let's look at uh, the first verse, Acts 741. Let's take a look at that. Acts 741. Pull it up. Okay. Now, this is the verse, Acts 741. Now, we could give some context going back to a couple of verses, but I think this is sufficient that we can start here, just going by the verse that they gave. And it says, And they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. Now, it seems to me that whoever made this meme is just being very picky. Or very, very nitpicky about just the scripture mentioning the word works. And so, um, because it says the works of their hands. So, given this, they're going, <laughs> the two verses they give, and I'm sorry, dude, I was not catching this. The two verses that they're going to give, 2 Timothy uh, 1 and 9, I think it is. Yeah, 2 Timothy 1 and 9 and, and Acts 7.41. When it's in the reference to our own works, um, just talking about two different things. So, this verse talking about the works of their hands, something they did. But keep in mind, it's something it, it is something they did. They formed this calf. And notice, if we be real, not everybody put their hand to making the calf, but everybody takes credit for it. This is the work of their hands. It was the idea they all had. They came together about it. Hey, let's do this. And if you look, if you remember what happened during that time, they actually believed that they were doing this for God. They believed that they were making this calf. And, they, and it was representing Yahweh. That's, that's what they believed. And they rejoiced in the work of their hands. They thought they were smart. But it's something they did. Okay? They put their hands to do it. Others put their hands to join in to do this. Making the calf. Please keep in mind what I'm, what I'm getting at here. They came together and did something. Alright? 2 Timothy 1.9. Let's look at it. 2 Timothy 1.9. All right. Now I'm gonna start at verse eight, so we get some context. Well, we can, we could really start earlier, but we're gonna start here. Um, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, not of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us. Verse nine, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of our because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Now, this is going to be very interesting how this means and those who believe these verses are proof text for this idea. 
it's, well, it's, it's going to crumble because right here, right here, it says God. It said, there, let's read this again. Verse eight. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, not of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Now, God, who saved us, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. Wait a minute. So why did, why did he save us? So we were saved not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. Grace is unmerited. You, you don't earn grace. You don't do things to get grace. It's a gift that, that echoes Ephesians. Like all this echoes Ephesians. But it says, of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Huh. Wait a minute. So if I got baptized in, say, 2013, 14 or whatever, then, well, according to here, he gave us he gave us these things in Christ before the ages began, before the world. This echoes Ephesians 1. This falls on his neck. So that means baptism isn't necessary for salvation. It's not. Because that's the case, then it wouldn't be that you already have these things. It will be until you be baptized, then you have those things. That's not the case. And so, um, yeah, this kind of falls on his neck. The fact that they would proof text this first. All right, so let's go to the next one. Works of the flesh. And I think this is an obvious one. And they, I think they just want to be nitpicking about works, just how the Bible just uses works here. But let's look at it anyway, because it's here. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Let's pull it up. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now, <clears throat> because of the context, let's, I do want to go back to verse 16 on this. And Paul says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, I want to pause there real quick. Just a side note. Just a side note. Just a quick side note, y'all. Uh, I think this is a good one. Another good verse to show how men are depraved. Like, in our flesh, apart from being born again, we are depraved in our minds and will not choose God. Now, I know there are people who just go against this idea of the depravity of man. But this is what it's clearly saying. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit. What is for the spirit? Choosing God. So if you are in the flesh, not born again, then you are against anything concerning the spirit. That means you will not choose God for your own. That means that means the Lord in himself would have to come in and change your heart in order for you to believe, come to the Lord and have faith in Christ. That's what ha would have to happen. And that would echo what we just read in 2 Timothy 1.9. It would because of his own purpose and grace. Anyway, side note over, rant over. Continue with the verse. All right. Verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, the, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before... That those who do such things 
will not inherit the kingdom of God. You do these things. Now, notice that a lot of these sins here, these works of the flesh, are not things that are actually done physically, but some things that are done mentally. But you do them. Your mind is set to them. All right? So these are the works of the flesh. All right? So you got one. What's, what's one that's not done physically? Jealousy. You don't see someone do jealousy, but it's in the heart. You know, that's what they think. They're jealous. All right. Now, it's evident because of how they act towards someone or whatever they do. But the actual jealousy is stored up within. What else? Idolatry stored up within, but you see it outwardly. Fits of anger. Now, the fits of anger is something that's physical. But the issue is anger. And that's what's mental. It's, I'm sorry. So, yeah, but orgies and the drunkenness, all these things are things you do, right? But notice, but those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, once again, we have a work of the flesh, but it's something you do. All right, notice the, notice the pattern here. Acts 7.41, they built the calf. They did. 2 Timothy 1.9, no one be saved by their works, things they do, okay? Galatians 5. Works of the flesh, things you do, you know, and these are evil things you do, but things you do nonetheless. So we see when it comes to the word works or work, it's things you do. All right. The next one, Galatians 2.16. I love this. I hope you guys are following along. I'm trying to go as fast as I can. I'm still trying to get this meat in there. All right. So Galatians 2. 16. Now, I'm only going to give some context. Um, just one verse ahead. That's all. Verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have been, have, ah, I'm sorry. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So, clear scripture here. By the works of the law, no one is justified. No one. No one is justified by the works of the law. Now, I heard him make arguments saying, well, this is what Ephesians 1 talks about. Well, let's, let's look at let's, not Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2. This is what Ephesians 2 talks about. They're talking about the works of the law. And, and, Bible, and we agree. No one is saved by the works of the law. Okay. But do you know that the, the sprinkling of the baptism, baptism was a was a commandment given in the law that they had to do? You know, yeah, it was. But anyway, that aside, that aside, all this having common is things you do. Even the works of the law is things you do. And notice the work of the flesh is things that are contrary to the law. Because it works. everything that's listed in the works of the flesh are, are sins against the law. When it talks about 2 Timothy 1.9, it says our works, it's talking about works, like things we do. Works, whether it be the works of the law or anything else. But what's interesting is it's Acts 10. They got, I, love, I think I love how they have it in blue versus the red, like everything else. But it's a reason why they have that, because they believe that baptism is a work of obedience as well. You know, so let's let's look at Acts 10. Acts 10, 34, 35. And I love how they go to Acts 10, but just, especially for those who use this and believe in that baptism is necessary for salvation. Because this is the same chapter where we see that baptism isn't necessary for salvation. I mean, just 
later on in even verse in chapter eleven. Anyway, I, I just don't understand it. All right. Anyway, Acts ten thirty five or thirty four thirty five. So Peter opened his mouth and said, "Now this is like, like really." <laughs> anyway, I'm 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 not gonna go on a tangent with that. Uh, so Peter opened his mouth and said, "Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality." But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Now, and this is what they, and that's where they stop at. Because you do what is right, that's obedience. You do what is right and acceptable to him. But what is right in the eyesight of God? Hmm? Work to the law. His law. His commandment. What he gave is being the standard. That is what is right. And anything outside of that or against that is wrong. It's evil. Okay? So, let's before we go to the Colossians and close this guy out, let's look at Ephesians 2 real quick. Just real quick, because we see things you do. Like, anyone who does what is right. Okay? So, the things you do. You see a common thread here? Just, do you see that? Now, let's look at Ephesians 2. What does the Lord say concerning salvation? All right. Now, I know this mean, you know, uh, it doesn't, it's not just blatantly saying, hey, you're saved by baptism. But because of the premise in the beginning where it says baptism is a work and we aren't saved by works, they're bringing up the fact that, be that believers say that we're not saved by works and baptism is a work. All right. So they believe that baptism is necessary for salvation. And this is why they make this whole argument. So let's look at this. What, what does God say? Since we're going to listen to God and not men. Ephesians 2. And we're going to, let's look at, let's start at verse 1. Let's read this. Let's get through it. All right. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So these, he's talking to believers who once walked this way, but they no longer do. In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, ooh, mercy, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Now, in, in first Timothy, not first Timothy, second Timothy 1, 9, we saw that it says that it's not by our works that we were saved, but by his own purpose and grace, God's own purpose and grace. And when was that? before the ages began here we see it again that this was done because of his mercy said by grace we have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in christ jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in christ jesus verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god now verse 9 says not a result of works so that no one may boast 
Now, it's, it's funny because they make such a point in making, well, it says works of the law here and works of the flesh here and our own works here. Well, here it just says works. Not of not of your works. Not of not it don't say not of your works. It says not a result of works. So that would I guess according to them that would include the works of the law, your own works, works of the flesh, anything else, nothing else. No work. It's not a result of any works. But it's the gift of God. No one can boast. It is a gift. And that's the beautiful thing about this being a gift. Salvation is a gift from God. A gift of God. Do you earn a gift? No, it's given to you. Like my, my son's birthday was today. That's why I wasn't able to go live. His birthday was today and he got gifts. Did he have to earn those gifts? Did I say, Joshua, take out the trash and you'll get this gift for your birthday? No, I gave him a gift. Me and my wife together gave him gifts. His grandparents gave him gifts. Not because he earned them, because they loved him. They, they gave him gifts. And this is what he says. This is salvation is for us. It's a gift. We don't earn it. It's given to us by his own purpose and his grace. His own purpose and grace. But then he says, not of your own doing. So before we even get to not a result of works, before that it says, not your own doing. So not, there's nothing you do. You don't do. Remember, remember now, they the one made me. And they put in Galatians how some of these works of the flesh are a mental thing. Our mental things, even when it came to Acts 7.41, where they're talking about the golden calf. Not everybody took part in building the calf, but that's what they wanted to do. So they took part in that as well. Something they did. All right. So now, now let's look at Colossians. Let's look at what they say as far as baptism being a work of God. Is that true? What is the context? What is the context here? Let's look at it. Colossians, what we got? 2, 11 to 12. Now, I love this particular chapter because it mentions one of my favorite verses, verse 14. This is how God counsels the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. This is a beautiful passage of scripture. I love it. One of my favorites. But anyway, we're looking at 11 and 12. And um, I want to start. Uh, let's start at verse 8 just give some context alright so uh, Colossians 2 8 see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Now that's beautiful. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Whoa. You, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. That means you couldn't do it. It had nothing to do with you. It must, be no, it must have been a work of the spirit then. This circumcision that's without hands. By putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism. Now, they gave verse 11. But it's just interesting to me how this circumcision without hands make them feel like this is a work of, of men. But no, it's, it's a work of God. It's already showing that this is the work of God. The circumcision made without hands. Then it says, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12. 
Now pay close attention. Having been buried with him in baptism. So Christians, having been buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were also raised with him, with Christ, through faith in the powerful working of God. Hmm. Hope you caught that. I didn't read here that baptism was the work of God. It says you were buried having been having been buried with him. So this is something that was done. Buried with him in baptism. Now this doesn't necessarily mean baptism of water. Because this could be baptism of the Holy Spirit. To my immersion here. Having been baptized, I mean having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith. Now, it reminds me where we see in Ephesians where it says we, it says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but then God made us alive. So we were dead, and then we were made alive. We, we rose from the dead. So here, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Hmm. So what I see here, and, it, and I welcome discussion here. I welcome for the phone calls or the, the comments, whatever case may be. What I see here, honestly, is that verse 12 is saying that this raising of uh, this raising of us up through faith is the powerful working of God, not the baptism, not being baptized, because this baptism was something that already has happened. The raising up is something that was that's happening after the baptism, something that's happening at, the, at that moment or in time. It says having having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith. In the powerful working of God. All of this is together. The raising of us up through faith. In the, is in the powerful working of God. So this was done in the powerful working of God. The raising, us up, the raising of us up. Now, I'm sorry for being tongue tied. But that's what I'm in a. Hey, that is what it is. But that's, that's what that is. The raising up of us through faith. In the powerful working of God. So that, that to me that echoes. 2 Timothy 1.9. Says that we were saved. By God's own purpose and his grace. This was done all in the powerful working of God. Before the ages began. Ephesians 1. We were saved before the foundations of the world. Or we were, we were in, we would, um, Ephesians 1 just called the top of my head. And saying that we were um, in Christ. In Christ before the foundations of the world. You know, like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But you get what I'm saying. You can look it up on your own. But, that, like, that's, that's what I'm seeing here. Just echoes throughout the scripture. Constantly. That he's talking about, man, the fact that we're saved, the fact that we believe is the working of God. Not the baptism. Baptism is something you do. I mean, that's just common sense. You go, you make a decision to say, hey, I'm going to get baptized. One, you already did the work. The mental aspect of it, you already did the work. You decided that you're going to do something. That's the work. Because remember, jealousy, that's a matter of the heart. You know, you're actively jealous. You know, you didn't do your, you didn't, you don't do jealousy. You're, you're jealous. And it shows, all right? So you do, you want baptism and it shows because you go forward and trying to get baptized. You do it. Somebody dunks you. Somebody grabs onto you and they say the prayer, they say what they're supposed to say, and they dunk you in the water. 
and then they raise you up. God is not spiritually reaching his hand down and dunking you in the water and raising you up. Somebody's doing that and you're walking. You walk to the platform. You walk in the water. You're the one gets dunked. You do it. So it is a work. All this list of works. It is a work. And according to what Ephesians says, not a result of works. Not a result of works. So no one can boast. You can't boast of anything. You can't say, well, I know I'm saying I was baptized. No, because that means you're boasting your work. No, we're saved because of God's grace. By grace, we have been saved through faith. This faith, this faith word, we can't have that apart from the spirit of God. We're saved by grace through faith. That, that word faith is believing in Christ, that belief in Christ. Not, just, not that he existed, but believing in who he is and what he said and what he's done. Believing him. Okay, that's faith. All right. We can't have that apart from being born again. You will not meet someone who's an unbeliever and they have faith in Christ. No, no. It won't happen because the Bible says clearly that our flesh is an enmity with God, an enmity with the spirit against it. Okay, so yeah, so now it begs the question if a person has faith in Christ, well, how does that happen? They were born again. Well, what does the scripture say? It is why we're born again that we have that we have access to the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus says, unless you be born again, you will in no wise see the kingdom of God. So, we're born again. If you're born again, then you've received baptism. Matter of fact, the circumcision made without hands is being born again. Anyway, I'm going into a rant, my tangent. So, so I'm, I'm talking about a whole lot of theological subjects within this one conversation here. And I welcome discussion. Let's talk about it. We need to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully it can be rational and respectful. But we definitely need to talk about it. You know? Um, yeah, can this mean? It's straight garbage. That, that, this right here? Can, can I point to it? Yep, right there. There it is. That's garbage. No. So, will you listen to men of God? I'm listening to God. His scripture and his words in their context. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're going to do. And I hope you listen to this. If you listen to this podcast, you also making the same declaration that that's what you're going to do as well is stick to what the word says in the scriptures, in their context, and not just take people butchering context of scriptures out to meet an agenda. No, not going to do that. All right. So that's enough of that there. Let me see if I can take that. There we go. All right, so thank you once again for tuning in to the Prescribing Truth podcast. Um, once again, sorry that we couldn't do live stream this week. Um, we'll tune back in next week, and we're going to have our drawing next week. I had some things come up this past week that kind of threw me off, but we're going to get right back into it. So we're going to do this drawing, and one of you good subscribers, and you know what? No one is good. No, not one. I'm sorry. One of you subscribers will receive a gift i'm gonna do a random drawing and somebody's gonna get a gift i can't wait to do this giveaway um and waiting to do it for a long time i'm not gonna tell you what it's gonna be until the day of when i do the drawing and so yep so if you listen to this and you haven't subscribed please subscribe you don't care if you're a new subscriber you can be entered into the drawing it's all good i remember in a world full of errors and memes and all that kind of good stuff the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth blessing
Prescribed truth, we giving you what the doctor ordered. Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant. We undeserving, but Christ changed our mind frame. In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth.